Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are ready to read 2 Corinthians chapter 2. We are reading, um, well, we're reading this epistle of, Paul, of Paul's. This is the <clears throat> second letter that I'm aware of that he, uh, well, third letter that I'm aware of, but the second one we have that uh, is in the scriptures to read. Um, and in this chapter, uh, well, this chapter is going to deal with some some different things. So uh, we're picking up from chapter one, where Paul was uh, basically explaining why he didn't make it to them, and he's going to continue on a little bit here. <clears throat> so this is Second Corinthians chapter two, verse one. But I made up my mind not to grieve you with another painful visit, for I cause you grief by a well-deserved rebuke. No. Let me reread that. I'm very sorry. Verse 2. For if I cause you grief by a well-deserved rebuke, who then provides me enjoyment but the very one whom I have made sad? And I wrote this same thing to you, so that when I came, I would not be filled, um, I would not be filled with sorrow by those who ought to make me glad. For I trusted in you and felt confident that my joy would be shared by all of you. For I wrote to you out of great distress and with an anguished heart, and with many tears, not to cause you sorrow, but to make you realize the overflowing love which I have especially for you. Now I think here he's referring to his previous letter. But if someone has caused all this sorrow, he has caused it not to me, but in some degree, not to put it too severely, he has distressed and grieved all of you. For such a one, this punishment by the majority is sufficient. So instead of further rebuke, now you should rather graciously forgive and comfort and encourage him to keep him from being overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. The immoral act from the previous letter. They had... You know, they had basically put him out from them. But Paul is saying that obviously they've contacted him. They've let him know that this brother has <clears throat> has made changes and is working, you know, to change himself. And so Paul is telling them that the punishment has been sufficient. So instead of further rebuke, you should forgive and comfort and encourage him to keep him from being overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. In other words, you should accept him back in to your number because he has changed and he is working on that problem. He is trying, you know, change takes time. It's not always going to be perfect and overnight, but he's, you know, obviously come to the realization that he needs to quit those immoral acts, whatever they are. Therefore, this is verse 8, Therefore I urge you to reinstate him in your affections and reaffirm your love for him. For this was my purpose in writing, to see if you would stand the test, whether you are obedient and committed to following my instruction in all things. If you forgive anyone anything, I too forgive that one. And what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sake, in the presence of and with the approval of Christ, to keep Satan from taking advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. So, he's saying if they forgive that person, then of course he forgives them. That's, you know, um, and that if he's forgiven anything, it's been for, you know, their sake in the presence of 
crust. Pardon me, because Satan loves things that create division and dissension, and <clears throat> so he's he's saying we're you know that uh, we're not ignorant of those schemes, and he's not going to play along with that. So, verse twelve. Now, when I arrived at Troas to preach the good news of Christ, even through even though a door of opportunity opened for me in the Lord. My spirit could not rest, because I did not find my brother Titus there. So saying goodbye to them, I left for Macedonia. But thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and through us spreads and makes evident everywhere the sweet fragrance of the knowledge of him. For we are the sweet fragrance of Christ, which ascends to God, discernible both among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the latter, one, an aroma from death to death, a fatal, offensive odor. But to the other, an aroma from life to life, a vital fragrance, living and fresh. And who is adequate and sufficiently qualified for these things? For we are not like many, acting like merchants, peddling God's word, shortchanging and adulterating God's message, but from pure, uncompromised motives, as commissioned and sent from God, we speak his message in Christ, in the sight of God. So, <clears throat> he left for Macedonia because Titus was not there in Troas. And he's saying thanks to God who leads us in triumph. And makes evident everywhere the sweet fragrance of knowledge of him. For we are the sweet fragrance of Christ. So he's relating us, the church, the uh, Christians to that that ascends to God, and it's kind of a reference to the old um, uh, sacrifices and the aroma being a sweet aroma to God. So that is all of chapter 2 of Second Corinthians. It's fairly short, which was surprising to me, but it is. So, like I said, that is chapter 2, Second Corinthians. Thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day, and remember, God loves you.